We are five days away from fundamentally transforming the United States of America. You know, this Marxism-Leninism ideology is being pumped into the soft heads of, of, of at least three generations of American students. America first. You could put half of Trump supporters into what I call the basket of deplorables. Change the perception of reality of every American to such an extent that despite of the abundance of information, no one is able to come to sensible conclusions. For too long, a small group in our nation's capital has reaped the rewards of government while the people have borne the cost. The racist, sexist, homophobic, xenophobic. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to this week's episode of We the Deplorables, the place for faith, family, freedom, God, guns, and liberty. And I want to discuss on today's episode, it's the Monday after the historic elections on Tuesday, November 2nd, 2021. And I believe that American America and Americans have spoken up very, very loudly. So we're going to dive into that and then we'll continue our Christian Left series next week. So let me break down to you basically a rundown of the most notable victories. I'm going to try to get through our material quick because there is a lot to cover. There will be a lot of links in this episode that I will also share in the show notes. First of all, Virginia elected a Republican governor. Now, this is absolutely stunning because in spite of what many people say, Virginia is a blue state that will occasionally vote Republican, but the reason it's blue is a lot of D.C. Professional, professionals will either live in Maryland or Virginia instead of living in the city. So it's literally right across the river. Then you have Fairfax, which is a dominant blue uh, county with a very high population, like a lot of the big cities, it is blue to the core, but they made a mistake. And the mistake they made in Virginia was messing with mama's kiddos. And you never want to get between a mother and her child. But it was also a lesson in the disdain and the arrogance Democrats possess toward Americans and the outright dishonesty they exhibit without any embarrassment. By the way, if you hear my cat, that's because he's being obnoxious uh, tonight. So the thing is, is that we've got this victory in Virginia of a Republican governor. And then we have in Seattle, the mayor that was elected is a conservative. I believe the attorney general is now a conservative. You've got huge victories in Pennsylvania. You have Long Island that I believe voted like 70-something percent Republican in this last election. And and the list goes on and on. We're going to break down some definite notable successes. But what is happening is a grassroots movement that we, the people, need to continue. This is not a time to stop doing what we're doing. In fact, this is a time to amp it up because the country, guys, is in danger. And uh, I've got some resources for you at the end, some action steps to take and to take immediately. So Americans are starting to figure out that the elites, which includes the government, includes big tech, big corp, and the mainstream media, they look upon us as if we're backwoods, hillbilly, smelly Walmart people, and that we don't know what is for our own good and our own best. Uh, And so for that reason, they need to take it over. Like if you consider the fact that we have these world elites that converge in their private jets with their uh, motorcades at a summit in Rome called the G20 or the Globalist 20 to discuss uh, different topics, but one of them is climate change, and make decisions of how they're going to regulate 
uh, all these countries that they're representing, how they're going to band together. And we're our Constitution is actually very clear. We're not supposed to have any foreign law in our land. And yet these people get together and they come up with all these ideas and then they turn them into regulations, mandates, uh, executive orders, and even legislations in the future. So they think they run the world. But God in his wisdom set up America in a very special way. And for that reason, we're going to have to rely on the way he formed our country and do what needs to be done within the legal bounds uh, through peaceful noncompliance and urgent education. Because if people know what's really going on, then they don't like it. And that was very evident with this uh, COVID lockdown that exposed the critical race theory. So the, the match that lit up the firestorm that the Democrats just experienced in Virginia was during the COVID lockdown. Parents were at home with their children and they began to hear for the first time what was being taught and they didn't like it. So let me break that down for you. They were first being taught pornography. It was being promoted in the schools. CRT, which the former governor outright lied about that was being taught. In fact, to this day, they're still lying about it. We were watching Fox News Sunday morning and Howie Kurtz said that critical race theory is not being taught or critical theory. Yeah, it, that's taught in law schools, Howie, but critical race theory is being taught. So he's obviously a Democrat hack and a plant. And so the idea that the former governor, um, what would you say, threw out there during a debate, which we will be playing, said that parents shouldn't be in control of their children and what they're taught uh, in schools. And this is actually against Virginia law. Virginia law clearly outlines that parents are legally in control of their children in all aspects of their lives. After that, so you get you have the pornography being taught in schools. You've got CRT that they're saying, oh, no, you're just being racist. That's not being taught. Uh, you've got um, parents that they are told that they shouldn't be control, controlling what their you know, ch children are taught in schools. And then you have the cover-up of a teenage girl that was raped in the school bathroom by a young man wearing a skirt who, quote-unquote, identified as a female. Instead of calling the police, instead of reporting this to the proper authorities, he was sent to another school, and guess what? He did it there, too. He has since pled guilty to the charges. So, you've got parents. They start confronting all of this, and then the National School Board Association blew the dog whistle, and they sent the FBI after parents, calling them domestic terrorists. Now, this is on uh, ChristopherRufo.com. That's Christopher, R-U-F-O.com. Highly recommend that you uh, follow his website, his Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter accounts, especially before he gets kicked off. And let me read this little bit to you. In an official memo, Attorney General Merrick Garland has pledged to mobilize the FBI against parents protesting critical race theory in public schools, citing unspecified, quote, threats of violence against school officials. Garland's memo follows a National School Boards Association request that the Biden administration investigate threats to school board members and classify sometimes heated parent protests as domestic terrorism. The NSBA suggested that some of these parents should be persecuted under the Patriot Act and federal hate crimes legislations. The School Board Association, however, is riddled with falsehoods, errors, and exaggerations. It begins with the claim that critical race theory is not taught in public schools, despite a vast body of evidence, including my own reporting, showing that the teaching of CRT is widespread in public schools. Even the National Teachers Union has admitted as much and called for CRT's uh, implementation in all 50 states. 
The NSBA deliberately misrepresents debates at school board meetings as threats and sometimes vociferous and angry speech as violence. The letter refers to dozens of news stories alluding to disruptions, shouts, argument, and mobs, but contrary to its core claim, cites only a single example of actual violence against a school official. So it goes on and on and on and on. So like I said, they lied about critical race theory, and they wanted wanted the FBI to go after parents that were speaking out at school board meetings against what their children were being taught. This is absolutely unbelievable. Absolutely. And so then we have the porn issue, which, by the way, we'll get back to the um, critical race theory, I hope. I hope I have the evidence that Christopher Rufo was able to uh, uncover. If not, uh, I will get that in a later episode. Now, here is a clip from a mother who discovered the porn issue. I want to warn you, there is offensive language in this clip. check the titles at my child's school, Fairfax High School. The books were available, and we checked them out. Both of these books include pedophilia, sex between men and boys. Both books describe different acts. One book describes a fourth grade boy performing oral sex on an adult male. The other book has detailed illustrations of a man having sex with a boy. The illustrations include fellatio, sex toys, masturbation, and violent nudity. Pedophilia here. From the author, Maya Kobabe. Quote, I can't wait to have your cock in my mouth. I am going to give you the blowjob of your life, and then I want you inside me, end quote. From the author, Jonathan Evison. What if I told you I touched another guy's dick? What if I told you I sucked it? I was 10 years old, but it's true. I sucked Doug Goebel's dick, the real estate guy, and he sucked mine too. This is not an oversight at Fairfax High I'm School. Sorry. May this I, yes, may I material, point of, there are children in the audience here. Do not interrupt my time. Yes. Do not interrupt my time. I would like to remind everybody. I will stand here until my time is restored and my time is finished. These books are in stock and available in the libraries of Robinson, For high school Langley, students, and Annandale High School. Pornography is offensive um, to all Clark. people. It is offensive to common decency. It is the reason why the MPAA... Is our next speaker is... Okay, so again, I apologize for the language, but this is uh, the reality in our school system today. And what I find even more amazing is that, number one... They wanted her to not discuss and quote directly from these books because there's children in the audience. And then the other school board member said, well, that's for high school students. So pedophilia, according to her statement, is okay for high school students. So this is the kind of stuff that started coming out where you've got parents are being lied to. They have no right to teach their children. A teenage girl is raped in a school bathroom and nothing is done and it's hidden and it's covered up even though it's contrary to the law. And then you have this mother that goes before the school board and she literally takes photos. She literally quotes directly from these books and they want to shut her down because there are children in the room. Really? Now, the young woman that was raped, her dad also attended, I believe, a Loudoun County school board meeting, and he got some very similar uh, treatment by the school board as well. Parents in Virginia calling for an entire school board to resign after allegedly trying to cover up sexual assault. You will have a student who is currently charged with sexually assaulting a girl to be quietly transferred to another school. What other crimes are you people hiding? Do people even have a moral compass? 
It comes after this father, remember him, he was arrested at that June board meeting, now says that he acted out after his daughter was attacked in the school bathroom and no one at the meeting would listen to him as outbursts like his are labeled acts of domestic terrorism. Author Douglas Murray joins us now. Good morning, Douglas. Good morning. Pretty shocking when you hear his story. He says he was there to talk about what happened to his daughter in, in the in the bathroom and that, that child he says and some other people government officials say that child was then just quietly transferred to another school where he uh, is being accused of attacking another student what are your thoughts yes uh, mr smith became nationally famous uh, earlier this year mm -hmm. when he was dragged out of that school board meeting uh, left-wing media portrayed him as um, an extremist of some kind as he's just been used by the national school board as an example of domestic terrorism as a domestic terrorist and now he's, he's told a more full story about what was going on that day by saying that his own daughter uh, has allegedly been the subject of an assault uh, in a bathroom uh, by uh, uh, a gender-fluid individual. Uh, this, the sheriff's office has confirmed that there is an ongoing case. Uh, so we've got to be careful what we say about it. But what this just highlights is that parents like Mr. Smith are not saying what they're saying for nothing. They're not making it up. They're genuinely concerned. And when people like the Loudoun County School Board just try to dismiss these people, the National School Board tried to call them terrorists, it shows that there's something very, very badly wrong across the whole system. Here are what some of the parents in that Fairfax County area are saying. Listen to this. Do we have that sound? Back? It is chilling. It's intimidation, um, particularly with the school boards that f feel that they are above reproach, they are above criticism. You did have a wholesale takeover of people who have very far left policies, and you saw a, a, a foot go to the pedal. You know, this is um, a, a gas and hard driving to their ideological agenda, and they went forward and said, we're going to implement this, and it doesn't really matter if we have hundreds of parents show up at a school board meeting. Douglas, that last lady, Elizabeth, she was actually on the school board a few years ago. She finished her term in 2019. And now, this is the school board she served. This is the county she served or the school uh, district that she served. And she just pulled her child out because she said she's had enough. Right. And she hit on exactly the right point. These people are wild ideologues. I mean, they are trying to push an extraordinarily ideological agenda across the whole district, across all of the schools. You know, these are, there are some very complex issues underneath this. You know, I and others have tried to tease them out for years, have tried to explain what is going on and what isn't. But the moment you get these wild ideologues who say there is no debate, there's no discussion, there's nothing to look into, we've decided... Uh, what the rules are and what it's permissible to say, then you get into the kind of trouble we have here. And it's more than trouble. It's an absolute disgrace that authorities could be covering up uh, abuse of a child in the name of protecting children. And that's where we are. They are covering up abuse of a child, claiming that the ch children's interests are foremost in their minds. That Okay, so that father, um, now he was on Fox, he explained what all happened and why he reacted the way he did when the police basically started grabbing him and trying to get him out of there. Uh, he at first talked about how he didn't even know who was grabbing him, but one lady was basically like, you know, you're making all of this up. Well, then the mother of the pervert that's going around raping girls said that the, uh, the young girls that were raped uh, they should better defend themselves. That that was her answer to the fact that her son is a predator. That was her answer. And, and people wonder why we're messed up in this country when you got people like that that are having children and then they're excusing their behavior because, oh, I guess in post-Christian uh, Nation America, if you are assaulted in any way, it's your fault and you should have done a better job of protecting yourself. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Now, at the time of the governor race, 
McAuliffe, which uh, the Joe Mo- Mobley show calls him McAuliffe, which I'm going to adopt that right now at this moment, McAuliffe and Youngkin were at a debate. And this was uh, pretty much a deplorables basket situation that occurred here. And, you know, they were talking about transgender students and things like that, uh, being protected, et cetera, et cetera. And then they get into, um, I believe, the critical race theory aspect. So let me play this video for you and, and see what you think. What we've seen over the course of the last 20 months is our school systems refusing to engage with parents. In fact, in Fairfax County this past week, we watched parents so upset because there was such explicit, sexually explicit material in the library they had never seen. It was shocking. And in fact, you vetoed the bill that would have informed parents that they were there. You believe school systems should tell children what to do. I believe parents should be in charge of their okay. kids' education. Mr. McCall, 30 seconds. So first of all, this shows how clueless Glenn Youngkin is. He doesn't understand what the laws were because he's never been involved here in helping Virginia, but it was not. The parents had to write. Real quick, did you notice how he immediately went after Yunkin's intelligence and that he's clueless? That's what they're saying about us right now on the news after their awful defeat. To veto bills, veto books, Glenn, not to be knowledge about it, also take them off the shelves. And I'm not going to let parents come into schools and actually take books out and make their own decision. So... Yeah, I stop the bill that I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. What we've seen. Okay, I don't think parents should be involved in telling schools what they should teach their children. So you hear McAuliffe say that, and then he tries to deny the entire incident. Listen to this in a campaign video. mentioned in Tuesday's debate is um, you said you don't believe parents should be telling schools what to teach. What did you mean by that? Well, first of all, parents should be telling schools that they want their teachers to be vaccinated. Do you think parents should have a say in the curriculum? You don't want parents coming in in every different school jurisdiction. You alluded to parents staying out of this. Uh, We just want to make sure that we're understanding you correctly. Uh, What is your stance on that as far as what school agendas have to say for the kids? First of all, this is determined by the State Board of Education and local school boards. And that's where it should be. Do you still stand by your position that parents should not tell the schools what they should teach? You do not want 25 parents picking books. Recall us reply. We have a board of ed and we have local school boards who make the decisions about teaching. I'm not going to let parents come into schools. I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. So that was a Yunkin campaign ad, which was very brilliant. But that's the thing is, that's, what that's called, folks, is gaslighting. This is called gaslighting. And gaslighting is where the abuser does something and then makes the victim, the abuse, think that they thought it all up. It's not reality. That's not what I said. That's not what I did. So he tried to deny it. The proof was contrary. And uh, according to... Um, Christopher Rufo, which, by the way, I do have uh, this uh, article. He has, um, let's see, what is this? Because they're calling it some right-wing conspiracy, and they're calling parents that are against this uh, racist. But there's a a document of critical race theory in Virginia schools where the superintendent literally sent sent a memo to all school districts promoting critical theory, calling it an important analytic tool for addressing power and privilege in schools. And so there's like an entire uh, slideshow where it's legal implications of school discipline, street cred, culturally responsible and equitable discipline. And so it goes into, you know, like all the legal aspects and the um, you know 14th Amendment and due process and legal, legal implications and all of this stuff, but it is equitable training, which is different from equality. And so equitable is one of those code words for critical race theory. 
and promoting it uh, in society. And then you have uh, date February 22nd, 2019 to division superintendents from the superintendent of public instruction that is talking about critical race theory and that social justice is at the forefront of students everyday lives and they need to have these conversations and this is a critical time uh, to work together and we encourage division superintendents to work with your faculty and school leaders to ensure that lessons are designed with racial sensitivity and cultural competence in mind blah 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 and literally it's hashtag ed equity va for virginia and it it goes through what they want to teach racism and hatred in classroom uh blackface and other racist halloween choices um books to help kids understand the fight for racial equality uh resources for understanding bias and privilege after Charlottesville, teaching about racism, anti-Semitism, and Jesus white... Jesus is waiting for you. Sorry, that's my phone. White supremacy, lesson plans on the fight against bigotry. I mean, it it goes on and on and on. They want people to read White Fragility by Robin D'Angelo, which is the textbook, the, the book on critical race theory and how white people are inherently racist and they need to apologize between the world and me for white uh, folks that teach in the hood and the rest of y'all too. reality pedogeny and urban education uh, black people uh, need people who believe in black people enough not to believe every bad thing they hear about, about black people and then here it is Foundations of Critical Race Theory in Education. This is a memo. They have another, you know, book talk presentations and all kinds of other stuff on uh, critical race theory. They have, um, uh, let's see what else. Best Practices. And they have definitions of racism, white supremacy, and education equity. Um, they're promoting it in their dis- district-wide uh, groups. I mean, they literally have equity leadership coaching on critical race theory. What is critical race theory is one of the high school classes teaching slideshows. I mean, it goes on and on. So don't believe the media. Don't believe big tech. Don't believe Big Corp when they lie to you, when politicians lie to you and tell you this is not being taught. And if you're not sure what critical race theory is, you need to listen to my episodes on that because it is unbelievable what people are being taught. And so in response to parents upset about what is being taught to their children, McAuffle calls in the elites to try to win the election. Barack Obama, who is literally walking, talking evidence this country is not inherently racist and we don't need to be taught critical race theory, which is a uh, divisive, uh, demonic uh, theory, just, you know, paying attention to that word that literally teaches racism. It's racism in reverse. And so Obama, the first elected black president, spit in America's face saying we're a racist nation and he did more to undermine our progress than any president in history. He took us back to the 60s. Then you have Kamala Harris. Then you have Kamala Harris who literally hates this country and no one likes her. She um, goes to the campaign events. Then they invite Biden who cannot string two sentences together and is the most unpopular president ever. And then to put the cherry on top and slap parents in their face, he invites Randy Weingarten, the leader of the most powerful teachers union that has kept schools closed and forced the CDC to change recommendations in order to do that. So she's one of the most hated people in the country as far as parents are concerned because these people are narcissistic and they're going to self-implode and I'm very happy about that. Now, throw in the following and it's no surprise that America is starting to push back. Inflation that's no longer called temporary, gas prices and shortages, Afghanistan debacle, supply chain crisis, vaccine mandates, the insistence of wearing a mask, even if you have a vaccine, and everything else getting worse, not better. I mean, 
We are ripe for a takeover. And one of the things that I thought that Tucker Carlson asked tonight on his episode was, do they realize how much pressure they're putting on the Americans and that Americans are about ready to uh, push back? But they don't care. Um, Now, we've got, you know, Biden who just, you know, goes to the G20 summit and he uh, you know, repeats himself. He loses his train of thought. He repeats himself again. He rambles and he apologizes. And I mean, there's, you know, an image of him that's going viral for, you know, all the wrong reasons. And then he's in the class photo, uh, in Rome and he's off to the side, all disheveled and stiff looking. I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous. Not only that, you know, he's not even in some photos, And so you have all of this stuff going on, and they start polling uh, some Americans, and their polls are disastrous. One that was conducted by the NBC News and ABC News was highlighted by NBC News host Chuck Todd on Sunday. He called it, quote, scary for Democrats. The poll found that Biden's approval rating is at 42%, which is in reality 12 points in the negative. Guess what? Today, it came out that it's, I believe, 38%, and Kamala is at 28%. She is the most unpopular vice president in the history of this country. The poll also revealed that 42% of Americans strongly disapprove of the job that Biden is doing. And what's more? The survey found that 7 in 10 adults, including almost half of Democrats, believe that the nation is headed in the wrong direction, and nearly 60% who view Biden's stewardship of the economy negatively just nine months, now 10 months, into his uh, presidency. Now, Republicans, on the other hand, have a very high level, 69% of interest in the midterms, versus 58% of Democrats. When asked which party better better handles uh, particular issues, Republicans hold double-digit advantages over border security, inflation, crime, national security, the economy, and being effective and getting things down. Now, here's the the cinch right here, the, the cliffhanger. According to Morning Consult, a political, Politico poll, which Politico is one of the most uh, liberal um, propaganda arms as well uh, for you know Democrats, is 16% of Democrats think that the results of the 2020 presidential election should be overturned. That's Democrats. The October poll found that 35% of voters polled agreed that President Donald Trump was the rightful winner in the November election six 60% of Republicans surveyed indicated the election results should definitely or probably be overturned compared to much smaller 30% they said that they shouldn't be. 16% of Democrats and 27% of independents said the election results should be overturned. And more than 95%, 94% of Democrats supported Joe and Kamala at the time of their election. That's crazy. Today, only 83% agree. This is unprecedented. Unprecedented. Uh, People are having serious um, buyer's remorse. Serious buyer's remorse. And I'll be doing a future podcast on the way for the election of 2020 and the January 6th thing. I think you'll be surprised at some of the stuff that comes out on that. Uh, So I'm not going to dig into whether it was stolen or not, which I believe it was. Uh, but basically, uh, things are not good for Biden and things are not good for the Democrat party and things are not good, uh, for this country. And what were the responses of Democrats and their propaganda machine, the media? Well, more disdain, more white supremacy nonsense, and more going full steam ahead with radical agendas that Americans clearly said they don't want. Listen to this meltdown uh, over the election results on one of the um, competitors uh, to Fox News. over the stunning upset in Virginia and blaming Democrat losses on Americans being racist. Some of it was 
uh, dog whistle racism. Thousand percent. It's essentially white identity politics that works for Republicans. Education, right. which is code for white parents don't like the idea of teaching right. about race. The the real ominous thing is that critical race theory, which isn't real, turned the suburbs 15 points to the Trump insurrection endorsed Republican. The Delta variant of Trumpism. In other words, Yunkin, uh, same disease, but spreads a lot faster. It can get a lot more places. Well, this is amazing that they are interpreting what happened uh, on uh, November, what was it, 2nd of this year in Virginia and across the country. Um, basically, Youngkin actually never had Trump campaign for him. However, Trump did win that election for him because Trump voters went out and rallied the base and they got them to the polls. On top of that, they also had 95% uh, plus poll watchers uh, in Virginia. They should have done this in New Jersey as well. I don't know what they were thinking up in New Jersey, but the poll watchers prevented any shenanigans happening uh, like, for example, if you look at the truck driver that won uh, president of the Senate, uh, he spent 150, uh, I think, six dollars of his own money, a thousand total from donations. He won in New Jersey. And then just yesterday, the guy refuses to concede to him because, oh, look, 12,000 ballots were found in this one county. We have to make sure every vote is counted. So basically, guys. If you don't agree with them, if you vote in Republicans, people that believe in America first, it's because you're a racist. And guess what? You can be black and be a racist. So where does this happen? Well, here's a, a fascinating event that occurred. Now, you got to remember, Virginia was General Lee's, Robert E. Lee's home state, fought in the Civil War against the uh, the Yankees, right? So they're hardcore um, Southern state that supported slavery is is what you're you're told, right? Well, the problem with the media and all the talking heads with their idea that this was a, a Delta variant of Trumpism and uh, this was white nationalism and white supremacy is that we voted for the first African-American immigrant female as lieutenant governor in Virginia. Now, of course, she's a white supremacist because she is a conservative. But listen to this clip from Fox News. I was still a Jamaican, but this country had done so much for me. I was willing, willing to die for this country. USA! Republican Winsome Sears delivering an emotional, inspirational speech as voters in Virginia elected her to become the lieutenant governor of their state. Let's bring in Virginia's lieutenant governor-elect Winsome Sears. Uh, very good to have you with us. Congratulations to you on your win last night. It was wonderful to see you up there with your beautiful family accepting uh, the lieutenant governor win. Tell me how you felt this morning when you woke up. Tired. <laughs> Literally, because I had only slept for maybe two hours, and here comes the media wanting to talk about the race, and I'm thinking, it feels like I'm campaigning all over again. I was losing my voice, you know, waking up at 4 or 5 o'clock every morning and go, 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 go. Yeah. So where I thought I'd be able to sleep in, no, sir. <laughs> No, sir, indeed. So, you know, obviously there's a lot of talk you heard perhaps in the tease before our segment that you are the first woman of color, woman, uh, lieutenant governor of, of Virginia. And I thought it was very interesting last night when you just said, you know, I am black. If you haven't noticed, I think were, were your words. And then you said, um, but it's not about that. What did you mean by that? Because we are framing too many issues in terms of race and it just continues to divide us, and, 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 and unfortunately, politicians are using it as a tool because of the things that have happened to us historically to advance, I would think, their nefarious purposes. And so if we stop just looking at race and just 
looking at people. Because you see, I'm destroying all the narratives about race. Look at me. Look at me. I am a heartbeat away from the governorship in case anything happens to the governor. And, and how are you going to tell me then I'm a victim? And I didn't do anything special to get here except stay in school and study. I took advantage of the opportunities that are available here in America. I wasn't born here. This is not my culture, not my country, but it, it allowed me, America allowed me to come and, and, and do for myself and for my family. And I remember when I was wanting to go to college, I had three children under five. My husband took a lower paying job so he could stay home because he already had his degree. And I put one of my children on the back of a bicycle so that I could get to college. So no one can say to me, I don't know what it is to be poor. You're looking at the American dream. So we can do better. And it's not 1963 when my father came at the height of the civil rights movement, uh, 17 days before Martin Luther King Jr. gave his I Have a Dream speech. We're better than that. We're always going to have problems. I understand that. I'm not saying we're perfect. But you can see those people at the border right now trying to get in. They're dying to get in because they know if they can put a foot on American soil, the trajectory of their lives will change just as it did for my father. You know, here's what Joy Reid said last night, and I want to just get a quick response from you, if I can, uh, over on MSNBC about the Yunkin win and your win. Watch this. You have to be willing to vocalize that these Republicans are dangerous, that this isn't a party that's just another political party that disagrees with us on tax policy, that at this point, they're dangerous. They're dangerous to our national security because stoking that kind of soft white nationalism eventually leads to the hardcore stuff. Your reaction to that, Ms. Sears? I wish Joy Reid would invite me on her show. I'm, let's see if she's woman enough to do that. I'd go in a heartbeat and we have a real discussion without Joy speaking about me behind my back, if you will. She talks about white supremacy. Does she know that I ran against a white supremacist? I mean, Joy, come on, get your facts straight and then come talk to me. I'm waiting. Bam. Now this lady was a Marine, so I probably wouldn't want to mess with her. But did you notice and hear the rhetoric in Joy Reid? So first of all, we have the American dream, an immigrant, a legal immigrant, who came to this country, uh, did all that she could do, and is now the lieutenant governor, first woman, first black uh, lieutenant governor in Virginia. She replaced an actual racist, an actual uh, white supremacist. And here you have Joy Reid, you should probably call her Joyless Reid, saying that Republicans are dangerous and were dangerous to national security. I do not ever remember a time when the rhetoric was so, so dangerous in the mainstream media. They hated Bush. But they are painting an entire group of people. By the way, there's more of us than there are of them. We have two-thirds of this country. They are saying that two-thirds of this country are dangerous to national security. That is something that should pull her off of TV. So she is proof, Lieutenant Governor Sears, Winsome is her first name, which I love that, is proof that critical race theory is a fallacy. It's false. And according to Breitbart, that was the issue that caused such a loss for the crazy Dems in Virginia. Okay, so what I want to do is I want to read you some of their exit polls. Economy and education were the number one issues for uh, voters in um, Virginia. So as far as um, Yunkin, they were favorable 53%, excuse me, 53%. Uh, and only 44% uh, were favorable for uh, McAuffle. And this is about the ability to fix the economy. Um, and then it has, on the issue of the pandemic, McAuffle uh, was um, at 36% uh, and Young, no, I'm sorry, 43%, and then Youngkin was at 36%. However, that issue had very little effect on the election. And then, who do you trust to handle crime? Youngkin was at 43%, 
and McAuliffe was at 38%. This is in an, a dominant blue state. And then you have Hispanics. Now, I feel like the Lord has been telling me for several weeks now that legal immigrants are going to be one of the ways he helps save this country. Youngkin won very big with Hispanic uh, voters. For, uh, 54% of Hispanic voters voted uh, or backed Youngkin and only 45% for McCaffle. And that is that is really amazing because you know the Hispanic has typically been pro-Democrat because a lot of Democrats are supposed to be Catholics, although Catholics are not supposed to believe in killing babies in the womb. But the reality is that a lot of the Hispanics loved President Trump because he wanted strong borders. They don't want illegals coming into the country and taking their jobs. So for those of you that are Hispanic, get out there, urgent education, begin to work with Catholic churches, work with other people, of uh, Hispanic descent. Uh, it's called indigenous discipleship, where you go amongst those who look like you, think like you, have the culture that you have, and you begin to sway them to vote righteousness. And by the way, if you're listening to this and you don't think Christians are supposed to vote, you need to stay tuned to this podcast because I have an entire episode I've been working on that's going to deal with that uh, fallacy very, very soundly. And then... Here we have the truck driver who won in Virginia describing uh, uh, that whole situation. This is absolutely fabulous. This was close and unexpectedly close. This one may be an underdog upset. A Republican truck driver is on the verge of unseating a top New Jersey Democrat. Right now, Republican Ed Durr leads with 52% of the vote to uh, state Senate President Steve Sweeney's 48%. That's with 100% of precincts in. And Jenny, it seems like even Durr is surprised by this result. Yeah, he really is. He told me today that he is definitely excited to be in this position, but he is still processing all of it. Edward Durr dressed up and ready for a national news interview thrust into the spotlight hours after learning that he, a Harley-riding Raymore Flanagan truck driver, is leading the race for New Jersey Senate Legislative District 3 over longtime Democratic heavyweight Senate President Steve Sweeney. I'm still taking it all in. Durr says he knew the race was looking good when he woke up to a slew of text messages and a before-dawn visit from the one and only Steve Keeley. You guys were here at 5.30 in the morning. Steve Keeley. Gotta love Steve Keeley. I mean, I'm looking out the window, I'm like, who's here? Durr happily talked with us this morning after taking his dogs for a quick walk all day, reflecting on the stunning early election results. It was South Jersey saying they've had enough. This is not about Edward Durr. It's about the people. A self-proclaimed simple man who promises to work for the people. Durr is a husband, father of three, and grandfather to six. They are shot. As many are, Durr understands why he's getting so much attention. Who am I? I'm, I'm a truck driver. I'm, I'm an everyday guy. I'm a family man. And I just possibly took down the second most powerful man in New Jersey. You gotta admit, that's kind of a Cinderella story, right? Durr ran for it. That is amazing. <laughs> A truck driver that spent $156 of his own money beat one of the most powerful people in New Jersey. That tells you something, guys. It tells you how uh, much we have had it. And, uh, and so a truck driver wins. And, you know, New Jersey is still a very interesting situation. And I hope that uh, the opponent... Uh, Citarelli does not concede and that he demands an audit because it was close, folks. You've got um, 89% of the vote was in on Wednesday afternoon. Murphy led at 49.9% to Citarelli's 49.3%. And I think since then, it's actually gone down to a quarter of a percent. Uh, New Jersey is very strong blue. They will vote occasionally Republican, but it takes a lot. And then on top of that, the entire school board in Denver was replaced along with other seats across the nation.
So here's something that you always, always have to remember. Elites view us, the, the American people, as peasants, as uninformed, backwood, smelly Walmart people. They know better than we need, know better what we need and want than us, and they will never stop, which is why we must take specific action that I'm about to outline. So take, for example, the underhanded tactics of the Lincoln Project, an already crooked and exposed as crooked group who hate Trump and his voters. This is what they did to try to turn the election toward McCoffle. Now, these people claim to be Republican. I don't know what's wrong with them. They must be doing drugs or something, but listen to what they did uh, to Yunkin during the campaign. Virginia governor's race that is captivating the nation, Republican Glenn Yunkin and Democrat Terry McAuliffe hitting the trail ahead of Tuesday's election. And the viral campaign hoax that everyone is talking about will probably hurt McAuliffe. The disgraced Lincoln Project, which has spent more than a quarter of a million dollars on anti-Yunkin efforts, is now admitting that it orchestrated this stunt, sending this group to stand outside a Yunkin bus to pose as white supremacists with tiki torches. McCall's team quickly pounced on his rival, writing in a now-deleted tweet, the Unite the Right rally was one of the darkest days in the Commonwealth's history. This is who Glenn Yunkin's supporters are. All of this comes as a brand new Fox News poll shows that Yunkin is pulling ahead of McAuliffe by an eight-point margin, a huge shift from just two weeks before. And you can see there from the crowds for each candidate today that momentum is behind Yunkin, and it appears to be building from angry parents who are concerned about what their children are being taught in school. I really like a lot of the things that he's, um, he stands for, like getting rid of critical race theory. Um, That's a black woman, by the way, talking. School choice. Terry McAuliffe and his campaign implies that. This is a black man. Youngkin supporters are white nationalists. Are you a white nationalist, sir? Last time I checked, I'm brown skin. I want CRT out of our schools, lower taxes, and just to be free with these crazy mandates. It's America. It's America. Oh, I am having so much fun, guys. I am having so much fun. So you've got these people that dressed up as white supremacists. Just Google it. You'll see the picture. And they stood outside of Yunkin's campaign visit trying to make people think that Yunkin and his supporters are white nationalists, KKK, etc., etc. These people have no scruples. They have no integrity. And uh, uh, listen to what um, uh, Marco Rubio had to say about this. Joining us to explain more about last night's elections and what it means for Biden's agenda going forward, Senator Marco Rubio. Senator, I was intrigued by Senator Manchin's comments as he said, I told you so, without saying it quite that way. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, for 364 days a year, these people who run all these major corporations and the media and a lot of government, all the far left people, they, they spend their time using their power to tell us what to think, what we're allowed to say, what we're allowed to do. But there's one day every year or every two years where the normal people get to speak, and that's called Election Day. And you, that's what you saw yesterday. It's parents who, during <laughs> I'm the last parents. By the way, where normal people get to speak, not, not the elected officials and not the people on TV and radio, right? I agree yeah, with but, you. Yeah, but that's the dividing line in politics today. The dividing line isn't even left or right anymore. It's crazy versus normal. It, it's, it's, it's these people that run our school systems and so forth, and, and parents. Parents who over the, during the pandemic for the first time got to see what their kids were learning because they were learning from home and they're like, you're learning what? They're teaching you what? And then when they spoke up, now they're domestic terrorists. And, and look, I, I watched with great interest all this coverage about white supremacists. In Virginia last night, as you pointed out, a Jamaican immigrant, African-American woman was elected the lieutenant governor of the state. A Cuban-American, Jason Miares, was elected attorney general of the state of, of the Commonwealth of Virginia. None of that's being reported. These people are nuts. They spend all day on television and, and after, after they're off the air talking to everybody and they all agree with each other because they all live in one or two cities and they, they literally are completely out of touch with the fact that 97% of the American population lives completely different lives, has completely different views and then when, they, when election day comes they can't explain it so they chalk it up to they cheated or white supremacist or 
whatever. They make something up because they can't comprehend it. Last night was the beginning of that pushback, and I think it's going to continue. And, and you ask about the agenda here, it's the craziest thing I've ever seen. It's, these yeah. people are governing like they have a mandate to radically remake the country. It's build back socialism. It doesn't matter if it's 1.75 trillion or 3.5 trillion. They want to take control of pre-K, of childcare, the only two elements of education they don't control now. They want to take control of that. They want to hire 80,000 IRS agents. So the pushback is only going to grow. And and this administration, by the way, has been disastrous on everything. Whether it's Afghanistan, now it's Russia threatening to invade Ukraine, Taiwan, supply chains. I mean, they can't name you a single thing that Joe Biden has managed correctly in his first nine or ten months as president. They can't name you one. I love this. These people are nuts. And he is absolutely right. They are crazy. And I get nervous, you know, like, like when, you know, pundits start talking about, you know, man, they they are, you know, their response is to go farther left. I mean, AOC was literally like, we weren't far left enough. That's why we lost all these elections. And then when Fox News points out very sanely that actually being too left is what caused the problems, I'm like, shh, I don't want them to know that. They cannot wise up. I want these people to self-implode. I want the Democrat Party to be absolutely destroyed. Even if we have to go to independence and Republican, I'm fine with that because independents actually think independently. So then they are in our face with their globalist agenda. This is, I, it, they just, I, guys, it is just, <laughs> sometimes I'm just at a loss for words. I'm at a loss for words. So the G20 leaders meet in the shadow of Mussolini's palace. Mussolini. They Basically, this is a neighborhood that was built to glorify his fascist regime and its links with ancient Rome. And so the summit of the world's major economies not, are not held in beautiful architectural buildings that symbolize Rome in their best hour. Instead, they go and meet in Mussolini's uh, palace. These monumental buildings that are typical of the fascist era, that's, I mean, era, that's what they meet in. They're, they're telling us, guys. They're telling us. And it's time for us to wake up. So what are we supposed to do now? Parents are the new special interest. And it's a guarantee that Democrats are going to try to steal the narrative, which they're very good at doing. But if Republicans are smart, they won't allow it. You know why Trump won and was elected twice? Because the last one was stolen. Do you know why Youngkin won? Because they started saying it like it is. We're tired of Republicans not being straightforward. We're tired of them not saying what we're thinking. And we're tired of them being afraid of being called a racist. Who cares if names hurt you then maybe you shouldn't be in the business sir and madam maybe you should get out of political office if you can't handle being called a racist i mean who cares we need politicians who are straightforward and honest about issues who talk about the issues and they refuse to hide behind political correctness and we need to to demand that they do you need to look at the voting record of your government officials in your town including the republicans because i can guarantee you they're bought and paid for a lot of them just as much as the democrats and they're globalists just like the democrats so it's time for us to start looking at this stuff examining this stuff the left has to destroy the family in order for marxism to take root it's history it's already been done you can just look back in the bolshevik revolution that caused communist russia you can look at the mao revolution that caused the ccp you can look back in france when they did that they have to destroy faith, family, and freedom. That's all there is to it, and they're not going to stop. So we have to prepare for the 2022 midterm elections. In Virginia, like I said earlier, a, mid, a presidential election, you'll have maybe 36% uh, of some poll watchers on the Republican Party side. This time it was 95%. We need to blanket all the polls with Republican poll watchers. 
boots on the ground watching for any nefarious activity like we saw in 2020. Remember how they uh, uh, basically shut them out in Georgia and even put things up on the windows to where they couldn't see what was going on? Yeah, that kind of stuff is what cost us the election. There's training, great training, at GOPVictory.com. We also have to swarm and win. That means we need to vote for conservative values, even if the candidate isn't the best because of a crazy, abortion-loving Democrat is always a bad idea. Always. So Youngkin, at first, wasn't popular. He looked like Mr. Rogers. But he kept going, and he kept talking about the issues, and that captured that state. And so we have to do the same thing. And let me tell you, he may look like Mr. Rogers, but the day after he won, he sent a fruit basket to the Lincoln Project with a thank you note. Now, that's vicious, man. That is perfect, perfect. So if you're not excited about the candidate, if they're a conservative, get them in there. Because we cannot allow the Democrats to run this country ever again. According to Kevin McCarthy, we could probably flip 60 seats. And I'm just as mad as the Republicans. Don't get me wrong. But if there's nothing but a Republican to get in office, and that's the one that looks like they'll win over a Democrat, I will vote for them 100% of the time, unless they believe in killing babies in the womb. Run for local office, including school boards, and attend those meetings. Sitting on the sidelines is no longer an option. And this all needs to be blanketed with intercession. So I'm going to give you several websites. These are um, actually in the show notes, but you have got to go to libertyfirstsociety.com, subscribe, and watch every single class on there. This lady is America's constitutional lawyer. She started out as a biochemist. She became a lawyer. She's defending Christians whose rights are being violated by all this crazy COVID nonsense and other freedoms that are being violated. She was in the military. Her husband was in the military and they train us in the history of the constitution. What actually gives us our rights. I mean, it is training that is crucial for this time. That's where you need to start. Go to libertyfirstsociety.com, pay for that subscription and watch every single thing that is on that website. Also at Hillsdale College, there's a course called Constitution 101. It's time to get educated like never before. Uh, Subscribe uh, to the podcast warroom.org and go to his website. Get equipped there. Go to Patriot Academy. It's another great resource for education and action. That's patriotacademy.com. And also subscribe to Joe Mobley Show. It's another great podcast. And also the Chris Ann uh, Hall Show. Chris Ann is the one uh, that is uh, the Liberty uh, First Society. And her name is spelled K R I S A N N E. Chris Ann uh, Hall Show. So I'm going to end with this because we went long. But I'm here to tell you good news. We won. But this is not a time to sit back. This is not a time to think, oh, we've got Republicans in the office because we've had Republicans in office and we've lost a nation in spite of that. We can no longer allow uh, apathy to control us even when it looks like we win because these people don't stop. Socialists never sleep. So we won. There's more of us than there are them, but we cannot Relax. We cannot stop. We have to keep going full steam ahead.